Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. Iran's parliament recently passed a new bill requiring the country to increase its nuclear activity. This says President-elect Joe Biden would continue a hardline stance against Iran's nuclear ambitions while taking a new look at the JCPOA. Stratfor senior global analyst Matthew Bay is here to provide guidance. Matthew, welcome. Thank you, Emily. Well, first of all, what does the Iranian bill do? Um, So the bill is very significant in terms of um, the types of provocative moves that it requires the government to make um, with its nuclear program. For example, one of the things that it will do is inquire the um, Atomic Energy Organization of Iran to boost uranium enrichment levels to 20%. Currently, those are under 5%. Um, They're also talking about increasing the amount of enriched uranium that's produced monthly, Um, They will also be required to have the Iranians stop providing access to nuclear sites if the U.S. and um, the EU don't um, suspend sanctions within two months. So a lot of wow, that's a big deal, right? A lot of the different things that they're including are requiring um, a lot of things to be done within the next two to five months, depending on what it is. It really is an accelerated timeline, um, which is what has the U.S. and others very concerned. Well, Well, what's behind this? What What is Iran's parliament trying to achieve with this? Um, They're trying to achieve multiple things. Uh, First, from an international perspective, they're trying to ensure that um, when President-elect Biden takes office, that he won't put the Iran issue on the back burner. The Iranian economy has been sanctioned quite significantly. They want to increase their oil exports. They want to um, have the economy improve. It's been decimated by COVID-19. They want to be able to even um, gain more revenue in order to buy medical equipment and things like that, which has also been affected by U.S. sanctions. Um, And there's also a domestic component as the um, Iranian parliament right now, um, it's run by um, conservatives and hardliners who won elections in February of 2020. um, And they're putting pressure on the Rouhani moderate government, which does not support this move um, in order to try to win, you know, political support domestically at home ahead of next year's presidential elections in, in Iran, which will be taking place in June. Well, I have a couple follow ups there. I mean, internally, is this going to create trouble within Iran? Um, Within Iran, not so much. Um, There is a a, a question over whether or not um, Iran will actually fully implement this. Um, Whether or not the Supreme Leader actually signs off on implementation is not clear at this point. There's enough ambiguity in the law so that maybe if the U.S. and Iran are actually negotiating, some of those timelines can be delayed. Um, but the, the reality is this wouldn't have been as passed as quickly as it would have, um, with at least not some buy-in by the Supreme Leader. And it comes just, um, just a, a days after an Iranian scientist was assassinated on the streets of Tehran. So there is a, a, a getting rallying behind the government type of a, a movement right now in response to that. But it doesn't mean that the different Iranian parties don't have, um, you know, clear differences in opinion on how to, to approach the problem in terms of negotiating with the Biden administration. And so uh, how about other Western countries? Um, this is really concerning for Western countries when you look at some of the moves um, that Iran will be doing. We'll be putting us back to where we were in 2012 when the nuclear issue was a huge major concern. For example, one of the things that is required is um, the starting of operations at a uranium metal plant. Uranium metal isn't something that's commonly used for civilian applications. It's mainly used in nuclear warheads. 
um, you're also talking about boosting enrichment to, to 20%. Um, that's significant because the amount of work essentially involved in enriching uranium from 3.67% or so to 20% um, is, about, is, is, is often more than what you would need to go from 20% up to weapons-grade uh, uranium, which is around 90%. Um, so, and then all of a sudden you're doing this while um, also kicking out IA inspectors to actually know what's going on. So that would have Western countries, you know, flying in the dark in terms of, spec of, of um, inspecting what's going on with these facilities. And then also Iran saying that it's going to be um, increasing its activities that will be designed essentially to, to reduce the time that Iran would need to have in order to actually uh, have enough fissile material for one nuclear device. Um, so this is very alarming for a lot of Western countries. And so what what is the reaction? I mean, is it negotiation? Is it what, what are we looking at? We'll likely see the Biden administration try to um, enter negotiations relatively quickly in the administration. Whether or not they can actually agree to that timeline is unclear. That's very aggressive when you think about, you know, some of these happening two to, two to five months from now. We're talking about the first hundred days of the Biden administration um, that has a lot on its plate when it, and a lot of on, on its plate domestically, whether it's, you know, dealing with COVID-19, um, dealing with the transition that's going that's been very rough from from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. Of course, you have the China issue. You have Biden really wanting to improve relations with um, its the European allies. There's a lot of things on the table that are on um, on the table for 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 Biden to look at very quickly. And Iran wants to make sure that you know it's not. Um, it's not, you know, pushed aside as these other priorities exist, which is going to force the hand to some degree for the U.S. to get more involved more quickly. Um, one of the things, though, it is doing is it is pressuring the Europeans and others to to look at the issue more closely as well, um, to the point where some of them might take more of a of a closer view to the U.S. And, and in some cases, what this might mean um, is not only broadening up negotiations beyond just the nuclear issue. Um, the Biden administration is talking about a compliance for compliance agreement, which would be um, essentially allowing Iran to have um, some level of oil exports in exchange for it going back to uh, com uh, its nuclear commitments. But the Biden administration also wants to negotiate a follow-up deal um, that includes broader issues beyond its, its nuclear program. And we're now starting to see um, the, the Europeans, for example, get more on board with the idea of needing to negotiate some sort of agreement that, that for example, touches on Iran's ballistic missile program. Hmm. So, Matthew, what happens if the U.S. doesn't quickly respond? What will Iran's actions be? Right. We've already seen that Iran is willing to, you know, bring about a nuclear crisis um, in terms of what it's threatening to do right now. Um, but if we go back to what we saw last year when they were looking at the, the Trump administration dragging its feet in terms of some aspects, in terms of negotiating potential very small exports of oil, we saw Iran get very active in the region by um, targeting oil infrastructure, for example. We had a number of attacks on, on tankers in the Persian Gulf. Um, we had the significant attack against um, Saudi oil uh, oil installations in, in September 2019. Um, it's possible that Iran becomes more militant in response if this is something that drags out beyond early early of next year. So that that while we do expect the Biden administration and, and, and the Iranians to eventually come to the table and start negotiating, which can reduce some of the risks uh, from a security standpoint um, regionally down the road, um, if the Biden administration doesn't really enter talks quickly, that risk could actually go back to what we saw last year. We might not have um, Iran doing something as aggressive as attacking a Saudi oil installation onshore, um, but some of the incidents that we saw in the Persian Gulf, those, those kinds of things can happen again. Thank you, Matthew, for that guidance. Thank you, Emily. Matthew Bay is Senior Global Analyst with Stratfor, a rain company. If you'd like to learn more about Iran and the U.S. relationship, 
Sign up for our free newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.